Welcome to episode 87 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And we have our, I guess, technically our final entry in the Batman animated series, kind of, this week with Mystery of the Batwoman. Yeah. It's a weird thing. It was really interesting because... Was it? Well, I mean, for me, it was interesting because I've seen moments of this. Okay. And there was one scene in particular that I brought up to you a few weeks ago that wasn't in the movie, and now I don't know where it came from. What scene Or I might have just made it up. It's a scene where it's the three Batwomen running on a rooftop and Batman chasing them, and they, like, two of them split down alleys, and then that's all I can remember. <laughs> but I just remember all three of them running together. That's all I can remember. Oh, interesting, because you... I, uh, is this like a Mandela effect thing? Like, do I now think that that exists because I because said you so? said it? Maybe, and it might not even be Batwoman. It might just be like three. It might just be an episode of something else where there's three female vigilantes running on a rooftop together, all dressed the same though. In my head, that's what it is, but I could just because be like there's no way that that would have been a a promo because they wouldn't have wanted to spoil the fact that it was three of them, right? So. Why would that have come? I don't oh. know. I'm like, and I kept checking the how much time was left in the movie to like see if it was yeah. coming. And you know, like the final because I, I watched it on Amazon uh, and they tack the chase me short at the end. Yeah. So like the final scene happens, and then uh, and I check and I'm like, oh, there's still 15 minutes left. Yeah. It's got to be here somewhere. <laughs> there's got to be like wait. a post credit scene. No. It's no. Just, it's just that weird chase video. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? I, I must mm. just be making it up. I think so, but that sounds vaguely familiar. Well, you know, we'll make it to the end of of static, and then before <laughs> before we realize if this is from something or not. That's true. We have a little bit of room to go, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's I don't know. It's kind of an odd bird, and we'll we'll get to it. But first, uh, I guess little little tiny bits of news. I, feel I know like, we, we've been gone for two weeks. But... I know, but there's like. I think we're in the news lull. Yeah, the, the pre Comic Con. Yeah, which we, is we've now... got announcements of what all the panels are going to be, which is kind of exciting. This Marvel is, true. is coming um, uh, after saying they weren't. Wait, I thought they Marvel TV is coming. Okay, Sorry, so yeah, Marvel Studios isn't coming. Right. But yeah, Marvel TV is there, and then Sony will be there with their Spider Man stuff, aka just Venom and Into the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. I know. I love they announced those together. Do you think they have to do Into the Spider Verse second, right? Oh, because everyone so. would just leave after that. Yeah, one. no one. Uh, I mean, I think, I think there are some like real hardcore fans. Like Jeb, Jeb loves Venom, so he's excited about Venom, mm-hmm. and he's threatened all of us with making <laughs> us go see it with him. Like Jeb, I have to see it anyways. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not seeing it twice. <laughs> I, I was about to say I'm contractually obliged to go. There is no contract <laughs> here. We do this of our own volition, mm-hmm. and we hate ourselves a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, it'd I be interesting to see what news does come out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think DC is DC going to be there. Oh yeah, DC's probably going to premiere Aquaman stuff there. Yes, we we do know we're getting the first Aquaman trailer. Yeah, and I, and I, then maybe six more movies that six are more, not going to have more announcements. Mm-hmm. I know. Now I think did I read that they're not bringing any of the DC Universe shows there? I think I think they're bringing Outsiders, but not Titans. Um, I don't know because we got photos of Titan. Yeah, Titans. That costume, uh, that Robin costume is really good. Uh, yeah, because I finally saw a photo not covered in Photoshop, so it was nice to yeah. finally see one. Right? It does look really, really mm-hmm. good. And, I mean, the other stuff we've seen so far, too, because I think it's just been Robin and Hawk and Dove. I want to say the only characters we've seen photos of. I haven't even seen the Hawk and Dove photos. Oh, yeah. 
You haven't seen the Hawk and Dove photo? I don't think so. It's well, because Alan Richardson is Hawk. Thad. Thad Castle. Yay! Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yay! Did you Thad. did you ever watch uh the um the movie the blues yes it was terrible blue mountain state oh it was so bad it was really really bad actually yeah. like there was nothing redeeming about it at all like no. oh you can totally ignore this and just watch the show which is mm-hmm. like, the show is great it's way better than it should be <laughs> i feel like we've had this conversation before yeah but i mean i we, we were kind of going back and forth in this whole like dc streaming thing we're kind of like they're giving us content that we know we want to see but is it worth it after what i've read and what i've seen it, I mean, we don't know the pricing yet, which will be interesting, but it does seem like it would be worth it. Mm-hmm. So I have a little bit of news on the service. Not, okay. not new not new news, but we got a kind of condensed list of everything that we know is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for original programming, oh, they, they did say uh, we're getting both shows, movies, and comics, which yes. is interesting. That was, I think, for me, what finally pushed it into the space of, I really want to get this, because I've been saying forever that I want the DC equivalent of Marvel Unlimited, mm-hmm. because I am still, I mean, I, you and I both prefer the Marvel films because there's better films. I'm still the bigger DC fan. Same. There's so much DC stuff I want to read. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the Bombshells. I want to read the whole Grayson series when he's a spy. I've heard that's really good. I've heard Tom King's run on Batman is really good. I suspect we won't get everything. No. But they did announce the the first, what will be available opening day. And mm-hmm. I forgot to write, oh, write down. Okay, yeah. Write I think I saw down. that too. But I, what, do you remember some of it? Uh, I think we're getting all of New 52. Okay. Um, That'd be good. And that, I mean, that was the first one listed in this one, I remember. Yeah. But I mean, because, oh, wait, we're getting, so it's Titans. Oh, yeah, so original series, we're getting Titans, Doom Patrol, and Swamp Thing. Right, those are all live action. Mm-hmm. And then Outsiders and Harley Quinn for animated. Yes. Uh, and the, I, I guess I just saw the still for the Harley Quinn animated series, and it looks very different. It looks, It looks yeah. very Adult Swim-esque, which I kind of like. Yeah, I'm, you know... I think, it looks like they'll they'll play with it more. It is a comedy. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where it, I'm now pretty certain I'm going to get this streaming service. Mm-hmm. If if they were just making that show, I probably wouldn't go hunt it down. But since I'm already paying for it, I might end up watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they announced the films they're going to bring. So we're getting um, all of the Superman movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Batman Ninja. I'm surprised we're getting the Dark Knight. I know. I really... Because what I'm... Very intrigued to see is the stuff that they're going to deliberately keep off of there because they know they're still going to do well, like on video sales. I mm-hmm. figured the Dark Knight would be one of those things that they know will still sell. Yeah, anyways. it's surprising that Dark Knight and Do- and not Dark Knight Returns rises. Sorry. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, that is kind of the under well, not underappreciated. It's kind mm-hmm. of crap. Uh, but, yeah, Batman Ninja, um, Batman Returns was definitely in the trailer. Yeah. Um, so imagine we're probably getting all of the original four films. Yeah, I would assume so. <clears throat> uh, and I, I think we're getting a handful, if not all, of the um, DC animated films. Uh, but the shows were the ones that I found interesting because they're bringing back Birds of Prey, which makes me so happy. Wait, wait, we're getting like Birds of Prey from the, the, the like, series. Like the WB way yes. back in the day. Oh my God. Yes. Wow. I'm so excited because I've never gotten to watch that. You've never seen it? I've seen the, the intro. Oh, it's, and that's great. it's so... So early 2000s. I know. I love it. Because it's, it's like, oh. you see, I, I remember watching the intro, and I could just see at the bottom, like, next up, Charmed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this all this all fits. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't believe we're getting that uh, show. Yeah, Jesus we're getting Christ. that. We're getting the 90s Flash. We're getting Teen Titans, Super Friends, Static Shock. So we can finally <gasps> oh watch Oh, my God. That. Seriously? Yep. The timing 
is perfect. Would work out pretty well for us on that, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, and just so that uh, I was always worried that we were going to end up in a situation where we're watching someone that no, nothing else, like no one else can watch it because they can't <laughs> track it down. That's still going to happen with Zeta Project. Oh, yeah. Fuck knows how we're going to get that. But uh, the Lois and Clark series, uh, the Fleischer Superman shorts. <gasps> oh, my God. That yeah. I'm super excited about. Yeah, super pumped for that. Even though they're available on Amazon right now. Oh, that's so right, they yeah. are. I need to watch those. Uh, BTOS, Wonder Woman 77 were kind of the big names, but the ones that surprised me were not listed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no mention of Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. Interesting. Or really any of the other... I mean, other would just be like Batman Beyond and yeah. Superman at this point. Because I think we're getting Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, yeah. We, <clears throat> they confirmed BTOS and Static. Yeah, interesting. I wonder if they consider new Batman in there. I would assume it's all packaged together. Yeah. I assume they're going to do it the same with what's on Amazon. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, mm. But the one that, that kind of surprised me, because I think it still has a decent following, uh, was no mention of Smallville. Oh, that's a big back catalog for them. Yeah, that's huge. Um, that's very interesting, Yeah, actually. and then uh, obviously no CW shows because they still have a contract with Netflix. And I feel like Netflix oh. will not let them cut that after Marvel just cut all of their shows. All the stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's still a pretty damn good collection of stuff. Like mm-hmm. we, I remember when this was first announced, we were saying that one of the things that was going to be a tipping point for us was Smallville back catalog. <laughs> well, yeah, well, Smallville, <laughs> obviously, just so much leather. Um, but the, yeah, the back catalog and mm-hmm. the fact they've included it is really exciting. like the fact they have a, a huge back catalog that at least one of their original shows I'm very excited about with Titans. Well, and of course, Young Justice, too. So I was going to say, how dare you? Yeah, so two two original shows that I'm excited about, Bad Catalog plus comics. Mm-hmm. This does seem well, pretty like exciting. I'm, I'm curious uh, how much Disney had to play in this, because obviously DC announced their streaming service first. Yeah. But then Disney is like, oh, we're also making a streaming service, which is going to be all of our movies and our TV shows and our books that I guess we have now uh, and our music, which is like a big component of Disney. That is, yeah. Mm. Uh, and so I feel like that's going to kind of raise the stakes for other major companies trying to make their own streaming services. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be super fascinating, mm-hmm. but also terrible for us. Yeah. What, what do you think? Terrible for our wallets. What do you think this is going to come in at monthly? 12 yeah, I was going to say, I think any more than 15, and I don't think people will do it. No. Because, I mean, Netflix is 10. Mm-hmm. I pay for commercial-free Hulu, and that's 11. Yeah. And so I think if you're doing... 12 is kind of the, the top for yeah, me. I, yeah, I feel like if they go much beyond that, I'd be like, well, like I want this stuff, but I don't mm-hmm. want it that bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even even 12, I, I'd be... I feel like twelve might even be a little high. Yeah, if there, if it, it's funny that we're, it's like only a two buck difference, but it does like it matters. If there's like, if it's nine ninety nine, ten bucks a month, I'm like cool, done. Yeah, easy. I'll, I'll do it. Sign mm-hmm. me up. I'm in. But I mean, yeah, it's it's just the idea of like, we're gonna have so many of these in the next couple of years. I know, but I mean, okay, so we're definitely gonna end up getting the Disney one. Yeah, and the DC one. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone else who's gonna throw something out that it's like? I'm sure we're gonna get a Star Wars one. But I think, no, I think that's all being part of Disney. You think so? I, I think Disney, yo, because now I feel like if they wanted more money, Disney could easily open a separate Star Wars app. I think they probably, mm, There's so much Star Wars content. There is, but I think they, I think Star Wars content is going to be a huge draw for people to get the Disney app in the first place. I guess for older audiences, yes. Yeah, I think the strength in the Disney app is going to be the diversity of content. Mm-hmm. you're going to get, right? Because 
if especially like if you're a family you're like oh i can get this streaming service that's gonna have like a huge back catalog of all the movies that my kids want to watch so i'm not buying them on itunes all the time and it's also gonna have star wars stuff and marvel stuff because i'm a big fan of i think that's gonna be the draw mm-hmm. like that's their biggest strength right now is that the the breadth of yeah. their slate yeah that's very true um but I mean, think about it. Like, I mean, what Star Wars doesn't have that much stuff if you think about it. So it's the movies, which we I'll be very curious to see if those actually end up on there or not. Mm-hmm. So, but outside the movies, there's Clone Wars, Rebels. There's the Tartowski Clone Wars, the new Clone Wars, right? But Rebels. Will they include the Tartowski if that's so. non-canon now? I know, but I mean, it's it's obviously the superior one, and mm-hmm. I actually really like the the Ooh, CGI Clone I Wars. I have I have an idea for you. Mm. Uh, what if they include the games? Because that's a huge catalog. Motherfuck. Yeah. So that's that's 30 years of video games. Oh, my and they, God. And they just put out, like, even if it's just, like, one a month. And you can, like, like, you can either play it for the month or you can buy it and just have it for good on the yeah. service. Like now, that would, especially mm, since but, services but are available. But how? I was going to say, since services are available on every... Um, console. But if yeah. you don't have... Console and PC... If you don't have a console, though, if you're like an Apple TV... Might be like a bonus feature. Yeah, but because... I, I mean, as far as I know, there's no way to... No way that I know of to connect a game controller to a Apple TV or something like that. They mm-hmm. want you to do it all on, like, your iPhone, which is kind of dumb. Yeah. But that would be amazing. Yeah. Because, like, Shadows of the Empire, mm-hmm. back in the N64, great game. New Republic. Yeah, Battlefront and Battlefront 2. Uh, mm-hmm. Battlefront 2 is maybe still one of the greatest games of all oh, time. Oh, Yeah. I had a dream the night I was playing Battlefront 2. <laughs> and I woke up and I was so sad. I had a, what was the, what was, the was it called First Order? There was one on the GameCube, which I I remember I got it and I couldn't get past the first level ever until oh I God. picked it up again like three years ago. And I'm like, I used to be so bad at video games. Well, games like also used to be a lot harder. Well, because we were also younger. But they're also That's a, a yeah, lot I, harder. Like now... Everything is kind of laid out for you, and there's so many like save points and stuff like that. But back in the day, back in the day, back in my day, like I'm trying to think, like I don't know. I guess I think there were checkpoints in like in um, Shadows of the Empire. I think I'm not 100 percent certain, but that was one where it's like you had to like stop in the middle of the game. You're like, well, shit. I'm mean, mm-hmm. replay this whole level. Yeah, I mean, Night to the Night to the Old Republic had save points. Well, yeah, that's because it was. Uh, an RPG. Mm-hmm. I never, I couldn't get into that game. Actually, really, I've never really been able to get into life. RPGs. Okay. Yeah, I've tried. I've done Kotor. I did Mass Effect for a bit. Just couldn't get into them. I don't know what it is. I think I want something that's a little bit simpler, a little more linear. Mm-hmm. The sprawling thing, which is funny because I love Grand Theft Auto, but even then, I you never played finished, Zelda games. Never played a single Zelda game wow. in my entire life. Interesting. No. I'll bring my Switch over, and you can just just play with just, Breath of the Wild just for a play. bit. No, I... Let's give you a little tease. I give my friend David so much shit because he's a huge Zelda fan, and I always refer to, oh, Zelda, the protagonist the of the protagonist video game. Zelda? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to fuck with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, but no, I think I'm very excited for this DC Universe yeah. thing now. Did you sign up for the, the list to get on potential beta? No. Yeah, you just sign up for I updates, that. and that also puts you on the list, and they will like consider you for... I don't, they'll probably do like a lottery or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I did that immediately. Did I you see the, the I mean, this is kind of news, the lottery that Comic-Con's trying to do right now. Is, are they doing this for the exclusives? Yes. Yeah, I don't, I've been kind of detached from the whole Comic-Con thing. How's that working? Um, 
So the same way they're doing exclusive posters, uh, which I got in, and then I saw the price tag, and I'm like, mm, I don't really need the Comic-Con poster. Yeah. Even though it was done by one of my favorite artists. Um, which artist? Uh, not Pirello, not Whelan. The third one. The who's third always one with on one Mondo. name. Yeah. Tyler? Was it, no, it wasn't, it wasn't Kev Tyler. Um, not to be confused with Liv Tyler. Right, <laughs> of course. Said. Or Steven Tyler. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember his name right now. He does like if you ever follow Mondo Tees, he does like a third of their work. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, the poster was like seventy bucks. I'm like, mm, mm, I don't really need a Comic really Con poster. It. I'm gonna get seventeen free ones anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they're doing like a, you sign up for time slots for certain booths. Okay. So like uh, Funko, Lego, mm-hmm. um, UCC. Uh, which I feel like is a newer one. I just remember seeing last year. Yeah, they had something. I, I think they had the um, Kupikochi Bob's Burgers doll that I kind of want to get. Yeah, they had that, and then like um, like a gold Rick from Rick and Morty, like yeah. flipping people off. Of course. Uh, and like one other booth that I don't remember right now. <laughs> um, oh, uh, Mattel, duh. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, so there were there are two block increments, and you basically like yeah I would I want to sign up for this block at this time, uh, and then you might get in. I assume they're still going to have like a normal line. Yeah, probably. But I think this is going to hopefully free up like the entire stairwell at the back. Right. Okay. I'm trying to think. How much? Okay, we're about. Okay. No, I feel like we don't have that much to talk about with Mitch the Batwoman. So I'm going to ask you this question because okay. there might be a slightly long answer to it. How much longer do you think Comic Con is still going to be fun? So I have a very different approach to Comic-Con now. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah, because because now I know people there, and that's what True. makes it fun for me. Yes, exactly. Uh, like, last year, I went just on Sunday. I gave someone else my badge for the entirety. Mm-hmm. That was fine. Yeah, yeah, and we still saw each other. We still yeah. hung out. Uh, no, because I remember when I first went to Comic-Con, it was all about the things. Yes. And just, like, because my mom and I would bring... So we'd have a, a suitcase full of suitcases just for all the stuff we would bring. Uh, yeah. I love it. Isn't it amazing? Uh, but it was also because like, I was the first of my friends to ever go to a convention. Yeah. Uh, and so I wanted to share that experience. So everything that was they were handing out, I would grab four of. If it was free, oh, okay. I would grab like a handful of everything, fill it, at the, fill it up in the suitcase, and then basically have a garage sale in my room when I came back home. Oh my god! Look I'd at you, all my you entrepreneur. Well, I, you. I wouldn't sell them. I, I, it was just for free. Oh okay. Uh, you just had a giveaway. Yeah, I had a giveaway. That's a better word. Um, I had a drop. You're a party. swag hag. Yes, I was. I fully was. <laughs> if it was free, I grabbed one. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, I'd invite everyone over, and they would just like have you know whatever they wanted. They could grab something. Yeah, um, pins. Hats. Pins, hats, Scientology comics. pamphlets are just yes. flying around out in mm-hmm. front of the convention. Lots of tiny Bibles. Yeah, so many Bibles. Um, so we had that, and then it kind of transitioned to, like, from free things into, like, panels, because then it became, like, I had to be first to know everything. Yeah. <clears throat> but this is also when your only source of news was basically G4. Um, and oh, RIP. I know. I know, Cameron. Um, and so, like, it was all about just, like, being first to know everything. Yeah. Uh, and then then I took a little hiatus through college, and now it's just like I go because that's where my people are. Yeah. And like I can have a conversation with a random person in line. Yeah. 
uh, and I won't be judged. Yeah, it's. I think I've gone through like a not quite the same arc, but a similar sort of thing. Because I started mm-hmm. going, I want to say in like '09, somewhere around there. Because I just mm-hmm. had friends living in San Diego. We, we talked about this. That I, you and I both went before it got impossible to go. Yeah. Only by a couple I, of years. Yeah, I think 08 was my first year because it was the last year it didn't sell out, and I still oh, okay. remember. Be, I still remember people walking up to the convention center and buying tickets. Yeah, like I bought. Cool, man. I was How able to much buy. I know, right? Because that first year that I went, my friends were living in San Diego, so I bought tickets maybe a couple months in advance for everything but Saturday. That was only sold out day. Mm-hmm. And then on the Saturday when I couldn't go to the convention, I just like walked around outside. They had like a Green Hornet thing that I went and did, and they drove me around the Black Beauty, which was like a dream come true. <laughs> and then I just walked into the sales pavilion upstairs and bought tickets for the next year. Yeah. And it was that second year when all of a sudden they started oh, like, oh, we're going to do like that. the like limited on-site buys. You had like stand in line. And then a couple years later it became the online thing. And now it's just, it's so much work to go mm-hmm. to get tickets, to get a hotel. Like I'm going with some friends and we have, we kept trying to get Airbnbs and they kept canceling on us because I think they like they'll cancel because either they don't want Comic Con people there or they'll like turn around and do it again for higher rate because they forgot it was Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But it's just so it's it's become such a frenzy. I feel like Disneyland is coming somewhere is becoming similar oh, for me too. Is. Where it's like it's losing some of its appeal because it's just so crowded and so crazy and it's getting so difficult mm-hmm. that I. I feel like conveniently around the same point where I'm going to get kind of tired of going is where I can probably find my way in via the industry. <laughs> yeah. So and I, I think I, that'll help. But yeah, um, my I thought the question I thought you were going to ask was when is the bubble going to pop? What do you mean? Uh, I feel like Comic-Con only has maybe six years left before it pops and we're going to start getting individual conventions. Quite possibly. Because that's where I see E3 is definitely moving right now because uh, I think this year was a little different. Last year, all of the big players, uh, PlayStation, uh, PlayStation, Microsoft, and Nintendo, uh, they didn't have any panels at E3. They had their own shit outside. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're starting to see that already with Comic-Con. Like, yeah. Marvel's not going. I'm not even sure if they're going to do um, D23. Like Kevin Foggy was saying that he they're figuring out how they're going to do their announcements going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I definitely see like a bunch of smaller conventions mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah, I, mean, I think LA Comic Con is starting to get like decently big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, WonderCon I think is the WonderCon, perfect right? size. Yeah. yeah, so that's yeah I think I can still breathe. Yeah, because look, you can just kind of show up and like hang out, and it's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're lines; they're not crazy, right? But even that's I think that's gonna get really big. I think more and more people are going to be like, fuck San Diego. It's just too expensive. It's too much work. I'm just going to go to LA instead. Yeah. But at the same time, I say that and like, what, what is it? Gamescom in Germany, Sweden. There's a European convention. I think, I think it's Gamescom, uh, is the, it's still the biggest convention in the world. Bigger really? than Comic-Con. Oh yeah. My God. Uh, and I, if I remember correctly, don't don't quote me on any of these any of these random facts I'm gonna throw out because they're not facts. Uh, everyone, go and update the Wikipedia page for Gamescom <laughs> yes. based off what Cameron says here. Uh, I don't think they ever cap uh, sales. I think Motherfuck. it's right. So I think it's just like anyone can. It's like a basically a football stadium is what yeah. they put it in or a sports stadium. Um, I mean, it's Europe. It's probably a football stadium. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just like it's just a big gaming convention where you can come and you can play games and there's like some speakers there if you want to go and talk but it's just like a big hangout area 
See, that sounds kind of cool, actually. Because mm-hmm. from the ground up, that sounds like a very different experience. It's yeah. Like, all this stuff is going on, drifting out of whatever you like. It's more like a hangout, whereas Comic-Con's like this frenzy, like, oh my God, we gotta get to this panel and this panel. Well, yeah, one of the most interesting cons I experienced, so uh, my freshman year of college, I just wanted to try and experience other types of conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, I obviously had Comic-Con. I tried doing Dallas Comic-Con, uh, which was very different because it was my first non-San Diego con. Okay. Uh, and it was like, like a warehouse. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's easy to forget that everything else is going to seem a little bit low rent by comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to an anime convention, which was very interesting. Of course you did. Uh, and then I went to a gaming convention, mm-hmm. um, which was the coolest thing about the gaming convention is they split the hall in half. Uh, and you have like the normal, uh, uh, the normal show floor on the right side where it's like uh, new games coming out, new tech that they're demoing. You can try out all these new keyboards, these new mice, all this stuff. But on the left side, it's just a giant open room with tables, and you can sign up, and you can bring your computer in, and it's just a giant LAN party. That's kind of cool. It was really interesting. Yeah. And it smelled so bad. I can only imagine. I think we went on the last day, uh, and what I loved is they had partnerships with uh, Monster and I want to say it was Pizza Hut, uh, because there were just pizza boxes everywhere. Uh, Sounds like they should have done a partnership with Old Spice. They should have. Oh, they should have. Yeah, much, much better route to go. Uh, but my favorite, I, I used to have a photo of it. I think I got rid of it. Uh, they had the Eiffel Tower of pizza boxes and monster cans. <laughs> so it, was, it started off with like the, the giant monster cans and then an yeah. extra large pizza and then regular sized monster cans and a large pizza and then like soda cans medium like the tiny soda cans <laughs> oh my god and it was the most beautiful thing i've ever that's seen. amazing um <laughs> but yeah it was it was awesome uh and yeah just like seeing how the crowds react to each other between the the three kind of convention obviously there's more than just those three but like those yeah. are the three that kind of encapsulate me mm-hmm. uh and so yeah seeing how like the crowds are to each other because comic-con everyone is like they're kind of in their own bubble yeah, everyone's in their own bubble, but I've never had, I've never dealt with an asshole at Comic-Con, yes. which is crazy considering that I I've been going. Okay, you're, that's still pretty good, though. Mm-hmm. Somehow I've like escaped all of them, even though I've been going for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe it, I'm the asshole. I think you're the asshole. Oh, my God. This makes uh, so much more sense now, actually. Well, yeah, everyone is kind of to themselves at Comic-Con. Anime, con- anime conventions, everyone is, it's like a big family. Like, yeah. everyone loves everyone. There's a lot, there's like, joking infighting between shows and between characters and between waifus, which I'm not going to go into. We don't have the time. We don't. Uh, but gaming conventions, it was very much a I'm better than you mentality. Mm, and that was the yeah. funniest change of like, that's mine because I'm better than you. Yeah, I would not have any tolerance for that. Mm-hmm. Like, no. it, was, it was a very hostile environment. And like the, the panel, not the panels, the show floor didn't like help with that at all. Cause there was one booth that was just like handing out free stuff and like whoever can do the most pushups, uh, gets this free mouse. And so like these three or four muscle heads will all get up on stage and it's like be flexing and trying to do the most pushups and like, he's not going down all the way and like yelling at each other. I'm like, just, it's a $20 mouse guys. Like, that doesn't sound so bad. Well, I mean, it's not like fit guys. Doing oh, never mind that. Never yeah. mind that. It's then. gamer guys. I've lost. You said muscle heads. I'm like, okay, I've lost my interest then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so going back to your original question, 
Uh, I don't know what the future of Comic Con is. I don't I'm know. I, yeah, I'm very curious there. to see how much longer um, I still find it fun. Mm-hmm. I may not even be going this year. I know. I'm still figuring that out. It's still oh, up in the air. Dare you. I know. There's a lot of shit going on. Okay, so I, I'm going to skip everything else I had, but I have one thing. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot we had other news. No, but there's really nothing else to go on, but I, I'm, I'm going to uh, do this thing. I'm going to call it the Lego Aston Martin Minute. And I'm going to set a timer, and I only have a minute to talk about right, what's happening with the Lego Aston Martin. So here we go, starting. Okay. So we have had a few like tweets slash Instagram posts that have been quoting both Goldfinger and Skyfall, meaning what we're most likely getting here is the DB5, but the minifigures... The Golden Skyfall? What? The Golden Skyfall? The Golden Skyfall. What? It's just piss. No, just, no, I'm, I'm t- no. It's a dumb joke, Cameron. You're interrupting my minute. It's good. so I think it's gonna be the DB5. What I'm thinking is the minifigures will probably include characters from both Goldfinger and Skyfall because there's really no physical difference in the car between those two movies. So it, it fluctuates between both of them. But what this means, my hope is what this means, is that we're going to get a classic three-piece gray suit. Sean Connery Lego minifigure, and hopefully, like, maybe an odd job. Okay, I have 10 seconds. And then also, Daniel Craig in his Skyfall, actually out at Skyfall, Skyfall outfit with, like, the bomber jacket, and also I want a Lego Judy Dench M. That's that's good. I came in just under, just under the minute. Uh, I I have one question. Okay. Because I do, I I do enjoy Legos as well. Uh, For the Lego three-piece suit, will it just be one chest, or will there, will be, like, the vest that you can put on Legos? but like a vest and then a jacket, which has a tiny little button. I, I wish that were the case. I, would I wish there was tiny, so tiny much. little Lego suits I could put on them, but it'll, yes. probably, it'll probably just be painted on. But that'd make me so happy. if it's, I would love a Lego, like a real Lego suit. I know. Mm. You, we can make one. It can That's be done. just tiny little felt. It can't be done. I know. Mm. Um, okay. But I think at this point now. Should we talk about what we're supposed to talk yeah, about now? like a half hour in. We haven't even got, but like, honestly, I'm not like, uh, okay. So can we just talk about the first line of the movie? What's the first line of the movie again? Jeez Louise, it's a woman. Oh, God, <laughs> fuck, that's right. Okay, so... Hmm. That's not the first line. They, they, the first line is it's like... one of the first Batman. lines. It's Batman. It's Batman. Yeah. I think... Jeez uh, Louise, so it's a woman. Do you, do you, okay, I, this will tie back in, I promise. When the Fox fanfare comes on, if you're sitting down to watch a movie and the Fox fanfare comes on, are you always a little bit disappointed when it's not Star Wars? A little bit. Okay, same. Like, it, that's what it, it always has to be. Like, that is, for me, what has to follow. And what I came to realize when I rewatched this is when they do the Warner Brothers home video fanfare, when it's not Mask the Phantasm, same thing. I'm always... Because mm-hmm. that is what I've watched the most of with that little bit of music. So right from the beginning, I'm like, oh, this isn't Phantasm. Yeah, and it just, I very think, far from I so far from it. I think that mentality I'm never able to escape because I watched this a few times as a kid. Like I saw it when it came out, and I've like watched it subsequently. But this is the first time in a long time that I've seen this. I think there are some very clever ideas here. I think the execution is not great. Yeah, because I think the the most interesting thing about this is it's the first time we see Batman wrong in his detective. This work. is true. I didn't think about that. And but I you're right. found yeah. that fascinating. Yeah, of like. Because there was a moment where like where where Tim goes up to him, he's like, "What's wrong, Batman?" Uh, and you can just like see his frustration. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's the first time Tim has seen uh, Bruce so distraught. Yeah. Of like, what do you mean you don't know who it is? 
Yeah, because he, he always, like, he jumps to conclusions, but his conclusions are very well-founded. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, we've already talked about it at the beginning, but that, that reveal is interesting. Um, but what, I mean, what did you think about, it, it kind of ties into your, your comment about like, oh, look, a woman. Was, this is... I, 2003 is when this came out. 2003. I feel like this suffers from a lot of the same things that DCAU suffers from in general, which is there are times that you can tell they're trying to be a little bit progressive, mm-hmm. but then they're at the same time not. Yeah. Like, they fall very short of it. it, it this reminds me, as all things do, of James Bond. Uh, in particular... You already had your minute. No, no. This That was just for Legos. Uh, in Moonraker, when they have... The Bond girl is a aerospace engineer... Uh, also a spy, also a trained pilot, but her name is Dr. Holly Goodhead. <laughs> it's kind of a, I feel like this is, this movie is a little bit of that. Yeah. Like, it's cool to see Batwoman show up. She's able to trick Batman into, he's not able to figure out who she is. She has her own agency. She has her own driven mission. Um, she's willing to go further than Batman will in terms of achieving that mission. Uh, oh, yeah, that line at the very end is probably the best line in the movie. Which one is that? Um, when uh, Sonya's packing up her stuff at the police department, and Batman comes in, um, and she asks him, uh, or she's, yeah, she asks him, like, next time I see you, you'll have to tell me uh, something like how how you don't go so far. Oh, yeah. Um and she says, when I put on the mask, I can't even see the line anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, one, that's just like the best metaphor I've ever heard for cyberbullying. Oh my God. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's so, it's it, like, it's so accurate to today that I, yeah. I like that line. Just like the power of anonymity. Yeah. Mm. Um, I didn't think about that. Yeah. And like you, you can really see Batman's restraint because this is like most villains and other vigilantes that pop up in Gotham, they're Batman just going like one, like one thing too far. Yeah. And I, I've always thought that this general idea was interesting. I, I think it's always fun to see Batman have to deal with another vigilante mm-hmm. because it introduces the element of hypocrisy. Yeah. For him. Like, you know. Which which Alfred even calls jokes that on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, we can't have a vigilante running around Gotham. It's, it's like, like, heaven I'm not forbid. I'm touch that. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm gonna, as they say, as they, what is it? As they say in the streets, I ain't going to touch that. Yeah. Because it is interesting because he's basically decided he's the only one who can get away with it. Like, if you aren't him or part of his team, if you're not like a bat-sanctioned vigilante, he basically has no tolerance for you. Yeah. We even see that a bit in the comics, like um, Huntress. And we see that comes back in well, like JLU, too, although it's a broader canvas. Mm-hmm. But Huntress in the comics is like this one person who's like tangentially connected with the Bat family, but not. Yeah. And so she kind of gets a pass, but Batman also gives her a lot of shit. You've read Hush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we see that a lot in Hush, too. Like she just wants to be part of the, the Bat family. Yeah. And he's like mm, keeping her at arm's distance. So I like that idea here of him going up. And I think they... I think from that perspective, they do have a they do play with it a little bit. They give it a little bit of room to breathe, if even though it's not like the primary thrust of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he's he's very much lenient isn't the right word. That's very far from what I'm trying to say. He's um, not as harsh with them when he does find like when he does find them at the very end. 
Um, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just trying to think of other vigilantes. Um, but but yeah, he he is very like this is my game. Oh, what I was trying to say, what I was trying to get to, um, was how he not only sees himself as the only vigilante, but he sees himself as so as much as he jokes about not being a, not jokes as as much as he says he's not above the police like how much he's definitely puts himself above the police department when he when he was talking to Sonia the oh, first yeah. time and he's like here i have this evidence and he's like you know pulling evidence is a crime and he just like stares at her and yeah. he's like which i guess is not going to keep you up at night <laughs> he gets he gets a few good stares in here mm-hmm. i think the maybe the best moment for me in the whole thing is there's that one uh, Duquesne's one goon who just keeps getting the crap yes. out of him. And he goes to the goon goes to investigate a noise at the house, the townhouse. He opens the door and just sees Batman and Batman just stares at him. He's like, Nope, nothing here. Closes, <laughs> closes the, door. the door. Yeah. Like that's like very much perfectly in the tone of the DCAU comedy. Mm-hmm. But so what, what did you think of their, motivations the the three bat women uh so just just to make sure i can remember them all. you have sonia you have okay. rocky and yeah you have so you have uh kathy kathy, du- kathy duquesne mm-hmm. the the daughter of carlton duquesne mm-hmm. whose uh mom kind of, was killed in a, an assassination attempt yes. when and she he, was a kid he is the kind of the muscle slash security yes for this huge heist not heist this huge Weapons deal with yes. Thorn and the Penguin. Mm-hmm. You have um, Rocky Ballantine with a B, not Ballantine with a V, mm-hmm. which threw me off. Ballantine, who is uh, super smart, but also clumsy. Mm-hmm. And her which motiv- I feel like is just a, a Clark Kent kind of thing. Because you see her uh, when she's not in front of people, like when, when Batman true. sneaks into her apartment. Yeah. She has a lot of in this movie. Yes. Uh, oh, no. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Because <laughs> uh, the moment when the goon walks in on him in Kathy's room is he's fiddling through her drawers. Yeah, just rifling through those drawers. Through clo- clothing drawers. Yeah. Like, mm. like Batman. Also, who keeps clothing in their nightstand? A lot of people in movies, apparently. Yeah, this throws me off. Like, mm-hmm. no, you don't put clothing in your was nightstand. Was that a nightstand? I thought that was a I'm pretty sure it was, a, I thought it was a nightstand next to her bed. I, I don't know. I don't know. I also watched this like over a week ago, so okay. I've probably forgotten the details. But in my mind, I remember. But that that happens sometimes in movies. Like no one puts clothes in a nightstand. Right. That's where like like sunglasses go. In your nightstand. Yeah, like my nightstand, the one next to my bed, like mm-hmm. on my side of the bed. It's like it's all my personal items, like my watches, my sunglasses, my and knives. I, well, I, yeah, I guess you you do have a roommate, so that is different. Yeah, well, yeah, I just can't leave my crap lying around everywhere. But I guess uh, if anyone's ever going to break into my room, apparently now you know where to go to to find <laughs> the good stuff. Um, yeah, th- that's where things go. But yeah, okay, so you got Rocky. Yeah, you're right, who does show that she's actually like very capable. So you're right, maybe that is all a bit of a um, an act. Mm-hmm. But certainly when we first meet her, I was like, oh, she's like smart and sexy but clumsy. It's like that's like their version of giving her like three dimensions. Mm-hmm. But because well, they do that with, with Kathy, she does like sexy but dumb. Yeah. And I, I mean, I guess, okay, yeah, I guess. Cool. Can we just have like a half second to talk about the atrocious walk cycle they tried to give her where they couldn't get like the hip sway right? Okay. Uh, and you, you only see it when she walks in and out of the, the opening scene of her. Oh. Uh, where like they tried oh, to like make her... it look like her hips are swaying side to side, but I guess they couldn't like, 
it had to have been like the interns animating this walk cycle because they they make the sway like the kneecaps and then it's basically like her whole thigh is just moving side to side and her legs are just breaking over and over again. Oh, okay, yeah. They didn't it's quite. Like, they didn't quite get it right. Yeah, and it would just it hurt to. Watch. It's like a bit of a goose walk. Yes, a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, the, the animation here is is not stellar. Mm-hmm. But okay, so so um, Kathy, uh, fun fact, named after, like inspired by the name Kathy Kane, the original Batwoman. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, don't um, all of them have a connection to some Bat person? Um, I could be making that up. I don't know. I'll actually, I'm not up. sure about that. I only know that first one. Put it in the Wikipedia article. I will. Yeah, add that. I think so. But yeah, she. Uh, so yeah, she, her. Okay, actually, you know, I, maybe I wasn't giving this movie enough credit when I watched it, but looking back now, so I think all of them, except for maybe Sonia, have their. Well, I think they, Sonia still has a pretty good. Well, she, uh, she has a good backstory, but what I was going to go with is they all actually have their um, Bruce Wayne Batman dynamic in some way. Mm-hmm. Like, so they all have a persona they're putting on, which helps disguise their true agenda. So for Kathy, she puts on just like the dumb socialite. Dumb daddy's girl, yeah. Yeah, but in reality, she's like helped plot this whole thing and she's very capable of like handling herself. Rocky is kind of like the bumbling nerd, but is also a total badass and, you know, actually has like a genuine emotional connection to someone. Mm-hmm. And then Sonia, she came up with the whole thing. And I, I think hers is the, she's the least public persona, but that's well, also because. because pub- she, yeah, because she's a police officer. She's a police officer and she gets the least in like the least amount of screen time in some ways too. But I mean, do you feel that those are all good motivations? So, uh, Kathy losing her mom, Rocky trying to clear her fiance's name. Who's been framed by the penguin. Mm-hmm. And then Sonia wanting revenge on Thorn for, um, Oh, uh, arson, like her parents, business yeah, for her daughter Paris business. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think those are great motivations. Um, I mean, obviously it's not like, I mean, one is, is loss of life, which is what, which is Batman's origin. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think all of them have, have very good motive. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, they, they play into Sonya's a little bit more than just burning her parents place down. Yeah. Uh, where she's talking about like her family never recovered after that. And there's a lot of like infighting after like it, it kind of like ruined her childhood. Yeah. And it's, it is implied like it tore her family apart. I think she even says it tore her family apart. Like maybe her parents got divorced or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I think those are all great motivations. I think having her be a detective already, I think is a little off mm-hmm. because that would be the logical way to, to like get back at it. You don't really need to go undercover if you're already doing the work above ground. Um, unless they went into more of like, like if there was just like a, a line or two about her being in the department to find the mole, like to find yeah. Thorne's moles and how... And, like, she didn't just want to sniff out Thorne, but all the people covering him up, I think, would have been interesting. You know, that is a good point, because she... She also she, gets the least screen time. She gets, she gets the least amount of screen time. We just get, like, a little bit of her, her origin. But we, you kind of get the idea that she recognizes the system failed her originally. Mm-hmm. So that's why she would do the Batwoman thing, but it doesn't necessarily explain why she would also then be participatory in the system. Yeah. And and it's one of those things where the timing doesn't work out great. Like you could throw out the theory that possibly she had this Batwoman plan years before. They've been slowly working towards it. And part of her plan was to join the police force as a way to kind of like cover their tracks and like make sure they're safe. But 
to get to the level she is as Bullock's new partner, we, we don't know what happens to Montoya. I think they just kind of brush past the fact that she's not there. Mm-hmm. That takes years. Yeah. Which also, how old are all of these women? I'm going to say at, mm, minus Kathy. I think Kathy's the youngest. I would agree with that, yeah. Uh, and we know... Um, we know Rocky and Sonia are at least similar in age because yeah. they were roommates in college. Yes. Um, I'm going to guess those two are 30. Oh, wow. Late 20s, early 30s. Um, were you going to say younger? I thought a little bit younger. Well, because we also know that the plan's been in motion for at least four years. It's true. Because okay, Rocky's yeah. fiance, or they, yeah, Rocky's he, fiance right. He's has been... been in jail for four years already. It's okay. So maybe. Well, then, I mean, she didn't have motivation until four years ago. Yeah. Hmm. So I guess, they're, yeah, they're probably late 20s. But it's, it, 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 they didn't necessarily have to have concocted the plan while they were in college. They could have known each other from yeah, college. I feel like Sonia had the plan like, for probably, a while. Yeah, it was probably like Sonia had the plan. And just trying to find the pieces to put it together. Yeah, and then maybe like she and Rocky ran into each other somewhere or like went to go grab coffee because they were like still friends after being roommates. Like mm-hmm. they were like bemoaning their similar situations. Like, oh, like... Blah, 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 and then maybe similarly Rocky had been talking with Kathy in their art class, and, like, they figured out, no, like... Sonia, Sonia and Kathy were art class, because they were the oh, first two suspects. right, that's... And okay. he asked Robin to find the connection between... Oh, no, it was... No, it was... Kathy and Rocky. Yes, Kathy and Rocky were the first two. Mm-hmm. That's right, it was... Oh, because it was, Sonia was Kathy's... The, the linchpin. Kathy's notebook had an image of Sonia in it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay, yeah, so I guess between the three of them, they probably, like... Conveniently figured out that each of them had a grudge with one of the three villains who's concocting this yeah. whole thing. And surprisingly, each of them also had years of martial arts training. It's very convenient. Well, mm-hmm. I guess the planning plan was going on for four years. Yeah. Yeah, they could have. Because I think, didn't we see that um, Kathy was like an Olympic gymnast or Olympic runner or something like that? Like, I think we saw something about her. Not maybe an Olympic, but she was definitely an athlete. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, I think so. I would have loved, I mean, I know they were trying to hide for the first half of the movie that was that it was three people, but I would have loved if each of them brought, like, their background into the character. Kind of like how we see in um, the Hot table. Fuzz. How when one, like, there's the, the one guy who wears the costume is like, is like an Olympic-level runner. Oh, sprinter. okay, yeah, so, like, that's how he gets away so fast. Mm-hmm. That could have been interesting to yeah, see, like, like you a see... little bit of variety yeah. in terms of how they're portrayed. Well, even if it's just, like, um, like you, you can do, like, the Olympic-level runner or sprinter where, like, one of the goons is trying to get away, and you see Batwoman just, like, sprint after him. Yeah. And, like, even pass Batman to take out the goon. Something like that. And then you kind of see it with Rocky where she uses her, her metal uh, substance. But it actually wasn't her. Oh, no. No, that one was her. They're right. That one was her. It was when Batman was reviewing the last time he saw her, he realized it couldn't have been her. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So the first the first time we see Batwoman, it was Kathy. Yes. The second time we see Batwoman, it was Rocky. And the third time, it was Sonya. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it is a, a clever twist. Mm-hmm. It's, did, it, did you see that coming? If, I, if we hadn't talked about it beforehand, probably not. Okay. But, but again, at the same time, it's the... Uh, 
It's the problem of... It being like a 15-year-old cartoon? No, it's the problem of we have a new movie and we happen to introduce four new characters. But did you think they were all going to be Batwoman, though? If if I didn't know beforehand, probably not. Oh, that's right. You knew the, the twist going mm-hmm. into it. Yeah, because I think it's... I remember watching this as a kid and like, oh, that's clever to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when I started the movie, I didn't know how they were going to be introduced. And I assumed it was going to be another backstory thing, mm-hmm. like uh, like Phantasm was. Yeah. And I was kind of curious, like, oh, how how often can they get away with, like, oh, this random person in Bruce's past, come back. Because, I mean, that's, that's obviously Hush and, and Phantasm. Yeah. It... Hmm. It's it's such a weird thing. It, mm-hmm. It's like on paper, there's a lot of cool stuff that it does, but just like something about it just doesn't gel. I don't know if it's that because I feel like the more we talk about it, I think the characters are actually pretty solid. I think so. Each of them has a pretty pretty solid motivation. It's a decent twist. Um, a lot of the action's kind of generic, but like the stuff on the boat's like pretty decent in terms of a set piece. Mm-hmm. But. And I, I think even they're fairly efficient with the storytelling. They have a lot of story to tell, and I think they're decently efficient with it. I think maybe it just, it's a little bit more convoluted than, say, Phantasm. And by being a little bit more bloated, I think it just loses some of its appeal. Like, Phantasm is so clean. Well, there's also no, I never feel any stakes in this movie. Yeah, that's, that's a big part of it, too. It's like, oh, they're just shipping weapons off to Kaznia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah we, they're shipping weapons that we don't know their full strength. Yeah. Because they say, like, it can blow up a tank, you know, what, 100 meters away or something? Yeah. Um, I, but we never see anything anything of that destructive power. No. Um, well, and it... I think Yeah, it, we don't know, like, where the sending the weapons to. We have we didn't see any of the bad things happen to the, to the women. No. It, and I think it lacks... Yeah, it lacks danger stakes like broader world stakes but also it lacks emotional stakes too mm. like you know i'm i'm decently enough invested in each of the girls storylines to want them to succeed like want them to like get what they want and i think especially kathy like i think there's a good reason they focus most on her because there's one her relationship with bruce but also her relationship with her dad mm-hmm. i actually like that dynamic a lot because there's a lot of conflict there because obviously she still loves him and he loves her but she feels betrayed by him and is actually betraying him. Mm-hmm. And you oh yeah, the seat on the boat. The, yeah, she's like when she's dangling and, and you he, see him crawl away. I was furious. Yeah, it's like and I, I forgot like that he comes back. Like yeah. obviously he does. But like it, it's just enough of a moment there to like make it all work. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a kind of a sweet moment too. I think I think the emotional touch point in this lands best between the two of them, that father daughter relationship. Absolutely, because. For me, the Bruce Kathy thing doesn't work at all. No. I think it's also severely undercut by that opening scene with him on the phone with Barbara. Oh, God. Yeah. I was waiting for us to talk <sighs> about that. Okay. Because we, we, neither of us are fans of shipping Barbara and Bruce. Never. Never. It, it is made in passing reference in Batman Beyond, and because it's never shown directly, and it's so far into the future, you're kind of like, oh, that's interesting, but I can kind of, whatever, I wonder I when the seed it. was put, so this movie came out 2003. I assume the Batman Beyond reference was before this. Yeah, like 2000. It's, that's where that relationship started, was the reference in Batman Beyond. Oh, why? I don't, I, Bruce, Tim has always, because, okay, part of it is Bruce, Tim, 
grew up on the Batman 60s TV show. Mm-hmm. And in that one, it's Batman and Batgirl are the flirtatious pair. Because Batgirl's older than Robin, a little bit more mature, so Robin's like this kid, and mm-hmm. Batman and Batgirl is flirting. So he always had them as a romantic pairing, even if that was clearly never in the comics. So by the time we got to the DCAU, he made reference to it with Batman Beyond, and then they... This is like the only time where we see it done explicitly, and it's... Until I, Killing Joke. Killing Joke, but that's not DCAU, obviously. Well, it's still Bruce Tim. It's still Bruce Tim, but yeah, I'm talking in the DCAU, yeah. and it, that's super clunky as well, but that's his own weird <laughs> fucked up thing. But here... Seeing it done so explicitly is one weird, but everything about that conversation is bizarre. It's so uncomfortable. Because he's like, oh, Barbara, how's college? She's well out of college. So, and I'll, I'll put it in the plugs, but um, like Maddie Washburn and the guys at the DCA Watchtower did an episode, a pod, like a, a YouTube video about Batwoman, trying to figure out where in the timeline it falls. And it's really hard to pin down because it's clearly set before the flashback of Return of the Joker. Because mm-hmm. Robin's still around, yeah. But it's like well past the new Batman adventures because they clearly make an effort to make Robin seem older here. He's like a little bit taller. He's got a different voice actor, a little bit deeper voice. Mm-hmm. But it's like that. It, it's a weird place to pin down. But also that's just like she's not in college. So I guess maybe this is grad school. Yeah, I could see grad school. I, I guess it's grad school, but it's still like it's weird that he says college because then he is probably what thirty. Five. Yeah, I'll say that here. Okay, we know he's been Batman for at least ten years mm-hmm. in this because Sonya makes reference to seeing. Was it? Didn't he show up at the crime scene or something like that when her parents are like the arson happened nine years ago? I think so. Yeah, she made reference to Batman being somehow involved. So he's been Batman for at least ten years. Um, so I'm gonna say he's minimum thirty-five. Okay, maybe a little bit older, especially here. Uh, Barbara, I think, was was probably supposed to be around maybe 25 here. Mm-hmm. So that's a 10-year difference, which for Bruce, I guess, is pretty normal given all the women he dates. And <laughs> yeah. that's about Especially Kathy's... watching the Chase scene. Especially watching Chase, my God. Uh, and that's about Kathy's age, too. It'd be right around there. But just the fact that he says college makes it seem like she's more like 20, 21. Yeah. And the way he just dismisses her is really uncomfortable. Because mm-hmm. it's it's like he's not even sincere about it. He's like, oh, this is uncomfortable because this. Well, the way that that Tim also talks to him about it afterwards, yeah, makes it sound like this this has been going on for a while of her of of Barbara just chasing Bruce. Yeah, which I get. I mean, it's I guess it's better that Barbara chases Bruce than Bruce chasing Barbara. Yeah, but the fact that he is so disinterested and dismissive of her, given just the complexity and the amount of history they have as that relationship and all of its different permutations. And then also given the fact that he like basically falls in love with Kathy while Barbara's also like heavily flirting with him implying they've had at least some sort of relationship. I also at this never point. believed the Kathy relationship. I didn't either. Every moment of it, even, even at the very end, I felt like he was playing an angle. Yeah. It's, and it, you can tell that it was meant to be sincere, but it doesn't land that way. Not at all. And I thought it was really bizarre, too, that at one point they go out to that um, like tree over the cliff, mm-hmm. and she talks about her mom and how she's a painter and everything like that. And for me, visually, that is so closely tied with where he proposed to Andrea and mm-hmm. Phantasm. Like, don't go there. Well, what I thought they were going to do with the tree, because you, like, you see the tree, and then you see the painting of the tree, and then you see the drawing of the tree. Yeah. I was expecting it that that was where the hideout was. It was, was oh. going to be like on the other side of that cliff. 
Oh, it, that, like, oh, that would have made sense. Yeah. Yeah. That I thought that was going to be like some kind of landmark where like that's where, you know, that's, yeah. that's where they hide oh, the that, that would have like add a, that would have added like a little bit of like emotional impact to it. Because I think now it's just like, like some sneaky thing down in a sewer, which doesn't quite work. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I think you, if you just cut out those pieces, I think it works a little better. I think if you cut out the Barbara scene, it makes the Kathy part a little bit less weird. Mm -hmm. I guess you kind of need the Kathy part to give Bruce some personal investment in this. But it just doesn't quite land. I uh, so I I might have just missed this part of the movie. But why do they choose a bat suit? Is it because there's he a, was there there's for a line? Time? There's a line about it. I think I don't remember what it was. I think it had something to do with like oh, because I want to say Rocky said we should have just done our own thing. Yeah, I want to say it was Sony. Was like no no like it was them like not trying to capitalize off Batman's image, but it was. Was it them trying to make a splash? I don't. There, there was a line. I can't remember what it was, but it, I don't remember it really justifying. Yeah, why I remember they chose. Rocky saying, "Yeah, I remember Rocky being like, why did we do this?' Because obviously, when we chose a bat, that's gonna make it's gonna get his attention. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get him on our back faster. Yeah, maybe. I'm trying to. I don't know if this was actually what they said, but maybe part of the thinking was, if by dressing up as a bat, they tie themselves to Batman and then possibly shift some of the focus. Mm-hmm onto him, right, by, like, including bat imagery, you bring him into it. So you get the downside is he gets invested in it, but the positive side is the villains are going to assume Batwoman is related to Batman. Yeah, so they're going to be a little, like, a little more on edge. Yeah. A little, like, oh, we got we to gotta do this fast now. Yeah, and he becomes a distracting element for the villains, which is mm-hmm. helpful on their part, I guess. Yeah. So but at the same time, they also bring in Bane because they know it's Batman. Because it's Batman. And I'm like, yeah. I, you know, I always I always love a little little Bane inclusion. Me too. Oh, I, yeah. I forgot he was in this and I was glad he showed up. Also, I liked that uh, Hector Elizondo was doing the voice. Mm-hmm. Do you know who that is? No. Okay. So, have you seen Pretty Woman? No. I haven't either, actually, okay. so that's fine. <laughs> he's, um, he's like the, like the, um, the manager of the hotel. Got it. It's like, for friends are... But you have, I'm sure, seen The Princess Diaries. Yes. Oh, yes. The Bodyguard. Oh, yay. And that he just, he has such a fantastic voice, and he's he's <gasps> that so, guy. he's so charming. I love him. So, so, so charming. Uh, I think he, it's fun having him play Bane, especially, because it just adds a little bit more texture and personality to that character, just through the voice. Mm-hmm. So I think, actually, the voice performances, this, I think, are actually pretty solid. Yeah. Because oh, he's also Gordon in the Lego Batman movie. Oh, that's right, he is. I forgot about that. Um, because obviously we have Kevin Conroy just knocking it out of the park as always. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he's Wan Chi Tong. What? He's Wan Chi Tong from Avatar. Oh, okay. Well, the giant we owl who's the keeper of all knowledge. Well, you know, I'm, I'm unaware of this knowledge. Wan Chi Tong's library. Um, but also, we have a different penguin this time. Mm-hmm. It's um, David Ogden Steers, who, who passed away recently. And he did something else in the DC, I can't remember what it is, but I, I liked their version of Penguin. I guess they, they went with a different actor because they wanted it to be a little bit more menacing. And I think it works, actually. I like this iteration of Penguin a lot, and I think even the slight voice change, it's close enough that it's not distracting, but I think it's a little bit more interesting. He's a big voice actor. Oh, he, does t- he did tons and tons of stuff. Yeah, I, he was uh, Ratcliffe in Pocahontas. He's Cogsworth in the original Beauty and the Beast. He's oh my Jumba God, that's in right. the Stitch. Uh, he also played the Russian gangster villain in the classic Tim Allen vehicle, Jungle to Jungle. Oh, how did I miss that? I know. 
Uh, you ever seen that movie? Uh, I've seen most of it. I remember really liking it as a kid, mostly because of Martin Short. Mm-hmm. And then what's um, Sam Hunter? Sam Huntington? Who's the kid? Because he, he played Jimmy Olsen in Superman Returns. Um, let me see if I get this right. Oh, yeah, Sam Huntington. Also, he was good in that. Also, I didn't realize at the time, but I totally had a crush on him. <laughs> he's very fit back in the day. Uh, it looks like he's been in like a, f- a small number of uh, episodes in the DCAU. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But no, I I think he's I think he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just I think the voice performances overall are actually like pretty solid. Yeah, I liked them this. a lot. I liked that they had four voices for Batwoman. So the did, three yeah. the three women and then Kira Sedgwick was the voice of Batwoman. I loved that they had a completely different. The one. only time I if I didn't so I obviously saw that on on Amazon, um, but the only time I ever noticed it was a different voice was. Uh, when they're in their lair and it's Sonia in the mask mm-hmm. and it's the the voice actress of Batwoman talking and then she takes the hood off like mid-sentence. Oh, and it flushes. Yeah, and then shifts. it switches mm-hmm. to Sonia's voice. Yeah. And that did feel a little rough. And like obviously you can get away with that when it's Kevin Conroy, when it's one voice. Yeah. Uh, it's a little harder to do when it's, it's a you're separate going person. different actors, yeah. I also thought it was so funny. Kelly Ripa was the voice of Rocky. Who was she again? Like Live with Regis and Kelly, or now it's like oh, Kelly and shit. Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know she does like a little bit of acting stuff here and there, but I guess I mean this would have been, I think, around the time she would have just started out on that show. Mm-hmm. So this might have been like their little bit of uh, stunt casting. <laughs> Not the only one though. Get that kid act. Yeah. Uh, no, I was thinking of uh, the lounge club singer who I thought was Shakira, but I guess it's actually a French singer called Cherry. Sherry, C H E R I E, but like they have that whole, they're in the Iceberg Lounge and they keep cutting away to the, yeah. the woman singing on stage and the whole movie ends with the song. And for some reason, I thought it was Shakira, but it's not. But I was like, what? This is weird. Why? Why is this in here? Gotta get that French market. Like, I barely even remember that singer at all. Why? Was she mm-hmm. big enough in 2003 to warrant, I mean, big enough to be deliberately included in Showcase, but not. <laughs> being only so big because it's a direct-to-DVD Batman film. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. It was kind of weird. Um, I'm trying to think what what other little thoughts I had here. Oh, okay. Obviously, Kevin Michael Richardson was... Oh, Kevin Michael Richardson is always always fantastic. And John Vernon's great as Rupert Thorne. Mm -hmm. I I thought it was interesting that in this version, they gave Thorne the deck of cards. He was a a cardistry master. Yeah, what... He did it some trick right in the beginning. Yeah, he did a, 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 a um, he did one hand cut. Yeah, and then he, like, pulled out a. He he was doing like magic tricks. Because I was gonna ask if you can do that trick. I can do a one hand cut. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what the trick was, but the the one that I thought was weird, was he pulls his like so like they they walk into the toy factory and then obviously the the weapons manufacturing is underneath mm-hmm. and he pulls the like the key card out of nowhere. Oh, it's like out of a sleeve, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, is this necessary? <laughs> I know, why, why wouldn't you just like put it in the deck of cards, maybe? Even? Yeah, that, yeah, or that's or what like, I was expecting. Like, your jacket. like he was like gonna like pull out a queen and then like flip it around, and that was gonna be the key card. And he was gonna yeah, that. Like, maybe that would have been cool. Maybe this is what he was doing when he was in prison. I guess so. Is he was just learning how to do magic card tricks? Also, do you think uh, 
the inclusion of the deck of cards at the beginning was all reverse engineers from that great moment when they reveal that it's Kathy as Batwoman and he like lets the deck slip and it smacks Penguin in the face. Oh yeah, they wanted that gag. I love that gag actually. It, like I laughed out loud. I got a solid response from me. Yeah. <laughs> it's silly, but I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Thorn like, doesn't talk in this movie at it's all. He's not in there a lot. No. I, he has he has one line when he finds out that it's Kathy, but I think that's the only line he has in the film. He gets a few other lines. I can't think of any. Yeah, I mean they're they're not big lines though. I think Penguin okay. does more of the talking. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also just a little bit more interesting, and obviously Carlton. Oh, that, that was what I wanted to bring up. Yeah, because I yeah talking about Thorn being uh, now a cardmaster. Oh, hi, buddy. Uh, have our newest member of the podcast here. Mm-hmm. Not newest. He's been here for a while. I know. Hi, Yogi. Hello. Oh my God. Yes, you got your shark. Um, no, is uh, Penguin is bad again? And he's I, always like, been bad. Yeah, but in in New Batman, at least he was trying to play neutral, and he was kind of staying out of crime. Well, no, I mean he was a fence. Yeah, I yeah, I guess so. He like he always I, yeah. This, I feel like he's more involved in this one. I would agree than with this. This ones. is him most the, his most explicitly criminal mm-hmm. in the New Batman Adventures. But I think it still works. Yeah, I, oh, I, it does. Yeah, I still like this this very specific uh, role he's found in the Gotham underworld. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wish we had more cameos, though. I mean, I get that it was already a pretty stuffed film and expensive just from a voice acting perspective alone, but it would have been fun to see like a few other people pop up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Who who would, do you think would have fit in this kind of film? You can't really do the Joker, because that's like too, too big. Um, Here's what I want. I want... I want, uh, as they're wheeling Penguin back into uh, Arkham, you see Ventriloquist and Two-Face, and they kind of like look at each other like, I thought we were the only ones that had personality problems, or multiple personality problems. And it's like, aha, and... <laughs> Would have been great. Would have been amazing. Would have been a great, <laughs> would've been a great bit. Like that's the post credit scene right there. I love it. Yeah, it'd be so much better than that random <laughs> And I thought song. we had multiple personalities. That, that's the line. There we go. There we go. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Call up Alan Burnett. <laughs> See if you can get that retcon in. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, what I did think was interesting is, so regardless of where this falls in the timeline, where it falls in production order was in 2003. So at this point, we're post-Batman Beyond. We're middle of Justice League, right? We're or, almost done with Justice League. Yeah. Oh, no. We're, I think, are we in early JLU? Because JLU was ended in five, right? We might be. I, I think it's very interesting they would have made this film when they did. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it it's a, it's weirdly a little bit out of place given what's going on. Uh, okay, this would have been about halfway, a little more than halfway into the Justice League run. Because that was okay. 01 to 04. So it would have been in Got production it. like probably through Justice League. Mm-hmm. But it's just so interesting that at this point, we've kind of moved outside of Gotham. We're, we're spending time with Batman as part of the Justice League. Um, we have had future Batman defined by um, Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. But, but I guess they, this is around the time of Static, though, as yeah. well, right? So we're still spending time with Batman in this design mm-hmm. in yeah, Gotham. Yeah, it's still... Um, this is Beatles Batman, right? Not new Batman? This is new Batman. Batman. This is new Batman, yes. Yeah. I knew that. So, but I guess that fits, because this does, I mean, Static, of all those shows, Static was definitely the most aimed towards kids. Mm -hmm. This is definitely geared more towards kids as well. Yes. Like, it has, there's attempts at sophistication along the lines of Phantasm, but not quite there. 
So I, mean, I guess it makes sense that maybe this was geared more towards like the static shock crowd. Like maybe they figured they couldn't actually get a static shock film and get enough money out of it, but enough people were still aware of this Batman mm-hmm. to go with it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just it's an interesting time to release this. And it has so the only person really involved is Alan Burnett, who is obviously critical to um, BTOS. But other than that, no Bruce Tim, no Paul Dini, and I think you kind of see their absence. I think it's noticeable. Mm-hmm. And uh, hold on, didn't Dini not Dini? Didn't Burnett do um, X Men Evolution? Did he? Who was there? Was one crossover person? Kirkland. That's something. I'm sorry. Boyd Kirkland, oh, who did a lot of the oh, original okay. Toss episodes. Oh, man. He was a big writer on um, X-Men Evolution. On Evolution, yeah. God, that show is so good. I know. Mm. And you can see why. Like, he got to start on Toss. Yeah. It's amazing. That is the art of that show. Mm-hmm. We won't get into it too much. Fuck. Sorry. I, just a quick side note, because we haven't had enough tangents in this episode. We Fair really enough. haven't. We've been, been pretty streamlined this week. <laughs> um, so I, I started rewatching The Simpsons from episode one. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. Oh, How much free time do you have? I just do it while I work. <laughs> it's just on in the background while I'm doing work. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize uh, Brad Bird worked on the first eight seasons of The Simpsons. He did? Yeah. He was the uh, executive consultant. No shit. Yeah. What? Yeah, right? Uh, because I guess... That kind of makes sense, actually, if you look at his later work. Mm-hmm. You can see a bit of that influence. Yeah. Because uh, I was Googling what exactly that meant to be a consultant for The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, did he just live in like a small town? <laughs> he lived in a Springfield? Yeah. Uh, but no, apparently he did a an animated short right out of um, right out of Cal Arts. Uh, this would have been like eighty four, eighty five. Uh, that Fox almost picked up because it was really good, but it kind of. Um, like, it kind of brought the the same feel of a of a three camera sitcom to animation. Oh, interesting. Uh, and so he was an, he was a consultant because Fox liked the tone and like the style and tone of his short. They just needed that in a better story. Oh, so they brought him in to do that. Yeah. So he came on to to um, convert it from the ten minute format from the Ullman show into the twenty two minute episode. Oh, what? Uh, yeah, he does for yeah, he has third billing, which is insane. That's awesome. Yeah. Good old Brad Bird. I know. Cause another reason to love him. Yeah, so so many. Mm-hmm. Pretty much every reason but Tomorrowland. Yeah, can you guys just like <laughs> I know, I know it's not the best. <laughs> but I mean it's <laughs> How how much how nice was it for you to have someone else be the target of abuse while doing the Incredibles it podcast? Was unbelievable to just like be able to speak my mind freely. <laughs> it was very fun to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, do you, I don't really have much else about. Oh, this is a random little thing. Did you catch that for some random reason one of the thugs, his character design is the same as Firefly? It's Garfield, no, I missed Garfield Lins. Yeah, it's like the exact same character design, which is really bizarre. Um, and I feel like I saw... I know she pops up in the um, the chase, but I thought I saw somewhere to the character design for... Black Canary? N- um, no. Oh, I think she did pop up in there Black somewhere. Canary was in the chase. Yeah, but no, I was thinking, um, what's Plant Lady? What was, what was the name of the woman Bruce married? Oh, uh, I, I don't remember. I know. It's just that forgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like I saw her pop up somewhere. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, I don't know. I don't anything. Uh, I liked that they compared her to Catwoman at the very beginning. And I was, before they even made that line, because uh, uh, I think Alfred or Tim was like, do you think it could be Catwoman just mm-hmm. like supporting a new look? And he's like, no, even Catwoman wouldn't cross that line of killing yeah. people or trying to kill people. Uh, I thought that was really cool to kind of bring that name in. Um, crime boss is good with cardistry. Cardistry? Yeah, that's what... Is that card- an actual term? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a great portmanteau. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, girl can rearrange... Me- the metal thing was awesome. That was pretty cool, I, actually, I would, yeah. I wish they would have gone into that a little bit more, or had that been, like, something the villains used on top of it, of, like, oh, they got a hold of our tech somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of Bane just breaking it. Yeah, yeah. he's strong. Very yeah, strong. Very strong. Uh, Iceberg Lounge gets destroyed... Yeah, just having Bullock and uh, Sonya sitting outside the Iceberg Lounge all night. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wonder how often they do that. All the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, uh, briefly going into the animation quality again, uh, this has to be the like, almost the exact same animation team that does all of the, Scooby-Doo, the, Sco- the straight-to-DVD Scooby-Doo movies back then because mm-hmm. it looks identical to that kind of, to their style. It's not great. It's not, I mean, it's even better in Scooby-Doo, mm-hmm. but I feel like they had time restraints on this, um, and they definitely took, like, the anime approach of putting all of their time and effort into the fight scenes, because they're they're decently choreographed, and they look smooth. They do. Uh, but because of that, you super drop the quality of everything else. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's, like, usually, that's, that's pretty common in a lot of animation houses, um, but usually you can't see this much of a difference. Like there were major moments in this in this movie where I'm just like, it just was ugly. And, and I think we're so acutely aware of bad animation because so much of this universe is great animation. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to BTOS, a lot of the new Batman adventures, and Justice League is, yeah. is gorgeous. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I feel like especially the time they got the Justice League, that is like flawless animation. Mm-hmm. And even the the short is better animation than this whole movie. Ugh. You didn't like the the animation of the short? It's still, I mean, it was fine. It still felt a little bit off. Okay. Well, I mean, it was. I like. I think it was meant to look a little off. Should we get into the short? Do you have anything else on? Uh, no. Like I said, my favorite part of the movie was the very end with that one line from Sonia. Okay. Oh, I had one other question. Mm-hmm. Why is it whenever a Batman throws a battering at a goon holding a gun? It hits them in the hand? No, it, no, it hits the gun, and they still grab their hand. One time, it actually hits their hand, but all the rest of the time, it always hits the gun. And like, oh, my hand. Oh, like, yeah, because it happened twice to Why would your hand hurt? It just, it just yeah, it got knocked out of your hand. Maybe like the, fo- so like, so I'm holding the gun here, and it hits the barrel, uh, and there has to be enough force in that to make you lose your grip. So I think it's like, it shoots your hand in like an awkward angle. So I like, guess. like your wrist doesn't move this way. I'm trying to move it like up. I mean, I guess like, the shockwave, maybe if it's co- shockwave. Well, I mean, not I mean, not like huge shockwave, but like the the vibration from it hitting a metal gun in I guess, your hand. Yeah, or maybe uh, I guess maybe kind of snaps your wrist a little bit. Yeah, but it, they always grab their hand like the battering hit their hand. That's mm-hmm. like no, stop it, fucking drama queens. <laughs> it's goddamn villain drama queens. I know. All right, but so uh, let's quickly wh- go through the short. What did you did you like chase me? I thought it was. I thought it was cool. I could see this as like 
uh, as like being something someone would make on YouTube uh, like five years ago. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's just it. I didn't think the animation was great. I'm not. The fact that it's all done to music seems a little bit lazy, especially because that music is weird. Oh, I thought you were gonna. Lie. I liked the jazz score. I didn't. It seemed, oh, it seemed a little bit out of place. Oh, it was very out of place. It's, it's out of place. It's just it's weird. The, the score of this whole movie, because it's clearly like a carryover from that score. It's mm-hmm. all just a little bit clunky. I didn't quite dig it. I mean, there were there were fun little nods. Like I liked the inclusion of Black Canary in that ballroom scene, and also of what, what's her name, Susan. Sure. Yes, that, I think that's it was, right. Yeah, Susan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess there's like kind of fun interplay between Batman and Catwoman. Um, oh, my favorite moment is uh, when she jumps into the, uh, she she jumps off something and onto a tour bus. Oh yeah. And the guy takes a, po- a photo and she like poses perfectly yes. for it. And I'm like, that's very Catwoman. That's very Catwoman. Yeah. It, it gets had some fun little beats. Like of course they end up at the zoo at the end and it's like, she uses cats against him and he uses bats against her. Mm-hmm. And then I was very thrown when he's got her pinned against the fence and then he, they make out, they make out. Yeah. Until, that felt a little weird. Until I realized that, that was a distraction to handcuff her to the fence. And then also, it was all a dream sequence anyways. I'm like, okay, now this all kind of works. Oh, the moment that kind of uh, confused me was right before, so she's on the fence and he throws three batarangs at her, mm-hmm. but they're the batarangs that Nightwing uses. They weren't, yeah. they weren't batarangs. And it's, I'm like, is Dick in this episode now? Yeah, right. And I got really excited. And I saw it was just Batman using him. I'm like, that's, that's not your batarang. It's not, bat- it's not the right batarang. I know it was weird. It was a weird choice. Mm-hmm. It just, it all, maybe because it was a dream, it all seemed a little bit pointless. Yeah. Um, but it was, I like to see it as like, um, there's always that question of who, which one is the mask. Yeah. And this is very much an episode showing like Bruce is the mask. And yeah. Because like when, he, when he's trying to be Bruce, he's still thinking about Batman. No, I mean, it, yeah, like that, the general idea works of him mm-hmm. like, oh, he's stuck at this event, all these women are hitting on him, but he has no interest in them. He's dreaming about being Batman, but also being with Catwoman. And like that it's, it says something a bit about that's the only way you can have like a real relationship is like through masks and through these like fake personas. And it's, it's both deep and superficial. Mm-hmm. Whereas like all the women hitting on him, he's just like, has no interest in them whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I just view this whole thing as him having a little daydream while he's still dating Susan. <laughs> that is clearly Susan. Yeah. So it's like, he, he, they're still dating, and it's like before he's like falling completely madly in love with her, and he's just like, oh, it's a boring event, and I'm just daydreaming mm-hmm. away at the window. Uh, I liked it because it was written by Paul Dini. It was, in fact, written by Paul Dini. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, oh, one quick thing. There's not nowhere near that much milk inside of an oil tanker. I know. Why I, is there, I thought that was so funny. Why is there an oil tanker full of milk? One. And how is... the Catwoman is, bit. Oh, my God. But like, how is there... Like, Enough to flood the streets. Flood the streets. Like, to knock Bullock over. Mm-hmm. What? I know. What? I know, but that's, like, just a big animation trope. Like it's, you, so, you... it's so stupid. I just don't get it. It was quite silly. Mm-hmm. Mm. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad they threw it in there. And, yeah, I feel like this... It, yeah, it, it doesn't have to fall anywhere in the continuity, really, because Calvin's not actually in it. Right. So yeah, it's it, all it, still, it still fits that she's off cavorting around Europe. Um, shall we get on to, uh, notes from friends? Let's do it. Okay. So we got a, we got a little bit of stuff here. 
Um, I don't know if you saw on Instagram, but uh, I have been so for oh, you're, anyone. So you're yeah. social media blind. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I, I meant to make a, a post. I meant to make a comment about this in the last episode. Uh, yeah, I have. I've been on a social media blackout for the past two weeks. It's rough. Man. Yeah, it's weird. Um, that sounds kind of nice though. It is. I mean, parts of it are, but like parts of it really show how addicted I am to it. It's okay. It's okay. It's all good, bud. Uh, how addicted I am to social media because like I had to, so I completely deleted the Instagram app and oh, wow. I put the health app there because it looks like the Instagram app. Aww. And I can't tell you how often I click that just out of habit. Do you then do anything with the health app? Uh, I like to see how little I've taken steps today. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay, so... So yeah, well, what's been going on uh, in the social world, man? Give me my Paul hit. Hill did this awesome drawing of the Condiment King that he tagged us oh, in. Oh, that's so good. It's really... I mean, I, we both love Condiment King, and this is a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful print. So uh, thanks, Paul, for that. And then... Um, oh, so our last uh, canonical episode, we'll call it, like, last BTOS episode or DCAU episode was the end of Superman, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so um, both Gordon and Paul commented on how, like, they were kind of in agreement with us that, like, the show itself isn't great, but what it does is really expand out the DCAU to let in room for other heroes and help set up Justice League. Yeah. Like, by going into Galactic and bringing Darkseid and Aquaman and Green Lantern and all these other people. And Magic. And Magic and The Flash. And, like, I think without Superman we really couldn't have Justice League. Beyond the fact that we need Superman to be in Justice League, but without broadening out that world outside the scope of Gotham and that like that narrow band, um, really what followed afterwards couldn't have worked. I think Static, too. I think Superman helped set up Static. That I think it, it did a lot to like expand out the world. So mm-hmm. I, I think from that regards, it's pretty good. And I think there's some, actually some pretty decent episodes in there. Just way fewer decent episodes, I know. Yogi's jumped up on the table here to, to join us as we, we podcast. What do you think, buddy? Mm-hmm. You just want all the loves. Yeah. All the loves. Um, oh, I don't know. If, you probably didn't see this either, but uh, there's this artist, Otis Frampton. He didn't... I don't think he tagged us directly, but I think we were tagged in a link to it. But he drew the characters from the Tim Burton Batman films as well as the Donner Superman films in the DCAU oh, style. Oh, yes. We've talked about them before. Yeah. I love those. Those are real. Those like, are I, really good. Obviously, I have a weakness for anything DCAU style, but it's really fun to see those characters mm-hmm. done in that, so that was pretty cool. Um, and then, <laughs> I love it, too, because... Uh, after our, our our run of Jack puns oh, in the last episode. <laughs> I forgot about those. Uh, Maddie <laughs> tagged us on Twitter. I think I still have it up here. It was really funny. Um, I'm so glad I got that last one in there. Just just to fuck with what, you. What's, what even started those? I don't, I don't even know, but it was like, while listening to Tim talk, it's the <laughs> you don't know Jack. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Um, but yeah, as always, thanks for reaching out, guys. We, we appreciate it. Yeah. It makes it fun. Um, bat plugs. Yeah. What, if, what are you watching, listening, or reading? Uh, I went and saw Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. How much did you hate it? I didn't hate it. Really? I hated it. You hated it? I hated it. Wow. That's my least favorite movie of the year so far. I didn't know you were capable of hating things. I had such a bad time in that movie. I thought it was fine. I mean, uh, to be fair, it was also like one of the worst theater experiences I've oh, had. No, it doesn't help. It doesn't. Um, there was a guy next to me, I'll, I'll try and make it short. There was a guy next to me who was literally playing a video game. He was playing an iPhone game in the middle of the movie. Mm. It, 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 uh, he had a tablet, so it wasn't an iPhone game. And it, it was some... Just even bigger and brighter. Yes. Um, 
and it was one that he never closed out of. So I think it was like something that was happening in real time, mm-hmm. which I don't know how he could get away with because signal in, in my theater is so bad. And it really makes me want to like ask theaters to put like some kind of, do you want theaters to be Faraday block? cages? What? Faraday cages. What does that mean? It's, it blocks incoming and outgoing electronic yes, signals. 100%. Yeah. Un, I mean, like, I mean, not for like, if there's an emergency aspect, but just like, if it, if there was like some way to disable all texting and fucking Instagram, there was a kid in front of me posting to Instagram, not just scrolling through, but posting to Instagram while in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Um, and I kicked a seat and he gave me this like, what, what's up? Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you're on your fucking phone in the middle of the goddamn movie. That doesn't help. No, it definitely doesn't. So happen. it was but, it was like a surrounding of of oh, okay. of, uh, of screens. Where'd you go? At the Grove. See, that's the problem. Like my normal theater. I never go to the Grove. But I, I know it's right there for you. I know. I know. But look, it, it's fine. Usually I'm fine. Yeah. Like these are I, outstanding cases. I thought Falkina was fine. I, it showed some promise with the opening sequence, which I really liked, and then I liked the first half better. Like I mean, it's in the trailer when they're trying to evacuate the island. The, mm. the second half, I hated. I did, I got God, th- I, I got what they were trying to do, but I didn't really like what they were trying to do, and it all felt just a little bit too much like set up for a, a broader story that I'm not necessarily super interested in. No. Um, Here's the story that I want, because so spoiler, uh, time code here, enter time code, other time, whatever. It's not important. It's two weeks old. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, they let the dinosaurs loose in San Francisco. Here's what I want. I want this to be the same universe where Planet of the Apes takes place. And now I want it to be like in that midway point of Planet of the Apes where, they, where they're where they just on the island. Mm-hmm. And now the humans have to use the apes to fight the dinosaurs. So on board. Yes. I'm down. And, and then we get that beautiful shot of Caesar holding an AK-47 on top of a, like a velociraptor. I'm all on board. That that I'll I'll Let's watch that movie. Yeah, I'd watch that as well. <laughs> I won't watch any other sequel besides that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'll probably end up seeing whatever the third one ends up becoming. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm kind of curious, but I'm not really invested. I, yeah. I don't. Yeah, and really then like, like the fucking much. clone rights bullshit. I know it, they're they're going a weird route that I'm just not super keen on. But I, know. I mean it's it's fine though. There's some it's good whatever. stuff in there. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I already made reference to the Watchtower database video about Batwoman, which I'll include in the links here. Because it, it's it's worth it's it's a fun video one, but it's worth watching because they they kind of try and pinpoint where it might fall in the the timeline, which is a little hard to do. And then uh, I recently guested on Sam Gash's podcast, the Ideal Remake. You did, uh, and we pitched a remake for a whole series of Superman movies. Perfect. And uh, we recorded this a little while ago, but it's it's finally up, so I'll put that link in there too because that was really fun to do. And I'm pretty sure that's the longest episode he's ever recorded because <laughs> I have had an idea for a Superman reboot. For like 10 years, well before Man of Steel. And a lot of my ideas end up being in the Man of Steel film, but weren't as executed as I thought as effectively as mm-hmm. I would have done it. Uh, but that was super, super fun. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to listen to <clears throat> it. Yeah, so go listen to that. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, that's what I got. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Nice. Um, Glow Season 2 just came out. Oh, that's right. I watched it. You've watched it already, haven't you? I watched it in a 10-hour block. I didn't sleep Friday night. It's so I don't know how to good. I don't know how you live. Guys, it's so good. I'm it, sure it is it good, but no one's better how... sleep. Sometimes. No, always. Uh, sleep above all. They like they handle that show so well. They even have one episode where it's a full episode of Glow, where it's like it's none of the background stuff. It's just like 
storyline wrestling storyline commercial story wrestling. Oh, really? That's it's fun. so awesome to see like how cheesy it was back then mm-hmm. and then the finale i'm not going to go into the details but like it's so good i mean i'm going to try and get it in soon if i can mm-hmm. yeah. it's only 10 episodes yeah. 10 30 minute episodes which, which helps a lot yeah but mm-hmm. yeah i gotta, gotta squeeze it in there somewhere yeah uh so yeah i watched all that this weekend uh, and then I just started a new game. I haven't played many games recently. Yeah. Uh, but I started a game called Celeste. Mm. Uh, and it's this beautiful platformer. Uh, it's very basic looking, but it, it's gorgeous. Um, it's like 16-bit. Um, it's a very simple story. It's a girl uh, trying to climb to the top of a mountain. Okay. Uh, but then like along the way, a lot of this crazy shit starts happening. Like her, her inner demons kind of start to come out and be like physical presences on the mountain and trying to that stop her from cool. climbing. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's just like such a, it's a game that I really enjoy. Cause I can kind of just pick it up and put it down whenever mm-hmm. I don't feel like, like there are moments where I feel like I have to finish it. Yeah. But it's just like when I have like 30 minutes, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll play, you know, half a level of Celeste and I'll, oh, that's cool. Else. It's a lot of fun. I'm excited to finish it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I have like three levels left. Okay. Um, but like it's fun. How long is the gameplay overall? Like, it'll come in around, what do you think? Number of oh, hours? gosh. Um, if I played it straight, just not worrying about, like, the side stuff, um, maybe, like, four hours. Oh, that's not bad. That's pretty no, good. No, not at all. Four or five hours. Yeah. Uh, but then there's, like, um, hidden strawberries everywhere. Uh, strawberries? Yeah, I don't know why they chose strawberries. What? Um, that's random. Yeah. Uh, there's, like... 30 to 50 per level, mm-hmm. uh, and they're very hard to get. Oh, okay. So that was that's like the... That's a lot. Extra replay value. How many levels are there? Um, I don't know yet. I think I'm, at the, I'm, thinking I'm close to the end, and mm-hmm. I've played eight levels. Okay. Oh, that's pretty cool, though. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, it's a fun fun little game. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that does it. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think we've gone plenty long at this point. Yep. Um, but yes, if you do want to reach out to us, we are at Tim Talk Pond on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Gmail, and YouTube, mm-hmm. weirdly enough. Uh, I am personally at Lordifer on, I had to stop and think for a second, Instagram and Twitter. That's the one. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you're not going to be on social media for a little a little bit here, yeah. but anyways, where if uh, where can they find you if, if they you want to? If you want to see my backlog of stuff. That's true, yeah. Uh, you can find my face at camdexter underscore adventures. You can find my art at Cameron.Dexter, and you can find uh, my group and I's t-shirt company at Core Memories Co. There you go. Yeah. I know, you have this sweet, incredible shirt. Mm-hmm. I had to get one of those. And now in tank tops. <gasps> I need one of tank tops. That's what mm-hmm. I really need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make it happen. All right. Um, well, thank you for listening. We will be coming along to Batman Beyond. Yeah. Batman Beyond next. Mm-hmm. I'm so, so excited for I know. Oh, cannot wait. Is it streaming anywhere? I have the DVDs. I have the DVDs, too. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I think they just took it off Amazon. Yeah. We'll find out for you guys. Yeah, we'll see if we can find it somewhere. No idea. But anyways, uh, thanks for listening, and come back for Batman Beyond. Yeah, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.